Welcome to the Gamer's Guide Pathfinder with Sean and Barry. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Gamer's Guide to the Cavalier. So our most requested show topic that we've had from from our listeners has been a class, individual classes, doing each of the classes. So in, in we've decided to respond to this. It's something we've wanted to do since the beginning. And in no particular order, we're just going to take whatever we think sounds good at the moment. Right now, uh, we're kind of jonesing on the Cavalier. So we thought we would start with the Cavalier, and we'll go from there. So in preparation for this, I did some searches on the Internet, uh, and, and I found some stuff that I really want to bring up here. But before I do that, Barry, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. All right. So one of the things that I, I found uh, was a DM coming on saying, hey, I got a player. He wants to play the Cavalier, but he doesn't want him out. The responses that he got were... Yeah, and I want to play a wizard who doesn't cast spells, or a barbarian that doesn't rage. Why would you ever do anything except play a cavalier for the mount? That's ridiculous. That's what they're about. So, Barry, how do you respond to that? (laughs) You could probably crack an egg and boil it on my head right now. (laughs) Um... Yeah, no, a cavalier is so much more than just the guy on the mount, and he almost has to be now, I mean, given the dynamic of how a D&D game generally runs, but, I mean, this is a really well-designed class. I have to say, um, I was really impressed by all of the classes, or most of the classes in, in the APG, but I just, I really, really like the cavalier, um, because from a from a design standpoint, uh, he's so versatile, and he really is the team player of of both of the books. Um, and he's able to fill so many different party roles, and he's great. He's he's just fine standing in melee, um, or shooting a musket, or doing any of those things with his full base attack bonus and his great armor, his great hit points. He absolutely is great. I mean, a standard cavalier is is amazing on a mount, but by no means does he have to be on a mount. Sure, if you wanted to make a mounted combat person, cavalier is going to be uh, towards the top of your list on choices sure. to to make that with, right? Absolutely, but. You're by no means limited. If you if you're wanting to play a cavalier, that doesn't mean you have to be a mounted person. Uh, it's it's absolutely something he can be good at, but he can be good at a lot of stuff. Sure. And and mount just happens to be one of those, despite the name cavalier. Sure. So since this is our our first class episode, I, I guess I I'm going to spend a little extra time setting stuff up. We're not going to go over. You know, at level one, you got this ability. At level two, you got this ability. We're, we're assuming you have the book. You can read that. You can see those. We're going we're gonna to talk more in general what you do with those abilities, right. uh, what the whole package can give you uh, rather than that. So I guess let's, let's start with if I'm, if I'm looking to make a character who does anything that the Cavalier happens to be able to do, why, why am I choosing Cavalier over Fighter? What, what are the differences there? Well, ultimately, it boils down to teamwork, and I say that not just because of the teamwork feats that are you know built into the class, but just the idea that the Cavalier is that team player. Um, even when you look at his you know his base challenge ability and many of the things in the different orders that you can pick from later on, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit, um, a lot of those are geared towards synergizing with the party, either protecting the party or one-upping the party or <laughs> helping the party out in some way or yeah. giving the party actions, um, the banner bonus that's built in. 
Um, the fighter can't do those things. So whereas the fighter or the barbarian will be great charging in on his own, the cavalier makes everybody good charging in. I mean, you know, a high-level cavalier can make sure that his wizard friend hits if he decides to charge in with the staff. Um, and not necessarily that would be an optimal decision. Well, unfortunately, but... you know, I bet maybe he's wishing he had a staff mage's friend <laughs> instead of a wizard friend at that point. I don't know. Sure, sure. Uh... <laughs> But I mean, that's yeah. really what it boils down to. And, and so at any time when somebody says, well, this is better than this, it's, you know, it's really hard. I, I think that flavor wise, I mean, the, the fighter is a great chassis to just make what, anything you want. If you've got a really if, clear. If feats can do it, fighter is good. Yes. And if you have a clear idea already of what you want to do and maybe an archetype helps you, maybe it doesn't, the fighter is absolutely a great way to go. And you can totally make a, a mounted guy. And, it, and all those things with a fighter. And there's actually several f- archetypes that help that. The Dragoon comes to mind. There's some other ones. There's a Barbarian one. Sure. Um, you, the Cavalier's still going to, I think, be better at the mounted stuff. But what's cool about this is is the way that he fits in with the party. And and he's made uh, with the teamwork feats and being able to grant those to his allies. It's, it's really awesome because a lot of those teamwork feats, I think a lot of people will agree, are kind of lackluster. And if you're saying, like, wow, so not only do I have to blow a feat, but... Everybody who wants to utilize that has to blow a feat for that, and it's kind of okay. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't take the teamwork feats, sure. and, and that's why it's cool that, say, like the Inquisitor and the Cavalier have their own ways to access those. They can suddenly showcase those. Exactly, yeah. and, and so then it becomes, you know, and it's in, in line with the power, I think, because it's not just, oh, man, I'm getting a whole ton of free feats. It's like I'm show, I'm using this ability, which is, is kind of okay, but it's kind of, I think it's in the power levels of a class ability. Whereas a class ability isn't always something like spellcasting. It can also be something like I have a bonus versus fear effects, right? Or bravery. Right. Right. And so it's very much in line with the power level of, say, bravery. Probably better than bravery. But sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just, I, I dig it. I dig, I dig the fact that the Cavalier kind of becomes the glue um, in the party. In, in a way, for me... And, and it's not that I don't like the Paladin, and, and Pathfinder did a lot for the Paladin to be a cool class, but when I envisioned the Paladin, the the, the, the knight guy, right. Cavalier almost brings that out better than the Paladin does in my head. I agree. Uh, you know, where where he's a leader among men, he's first to fight, he's good on horseback, he's good on foot, He's he can do all of those things. To me, the Cavalier is... is Almost a better implementation of of the palette of the idea of paladinhood than than a paladin is. Uh, In a lot of ways, it, it's really fun too. Um, one of my favorite of the uh, orders is the Order of the Cockatrice, and and that's great because that really showcases the the selfish knight, the yes. you know the aristocratic. I'm going to one up my peers, and you know I just I just like the idea of that, like how. Um, I don't know, it just kind of like plugs in and just, I don't know, it's really fun. And I think that's one of my favorite things about the Cavalier class in general is the fact that they built in that that order mechanic, which, um, you know, you, we can get into each of the different orders and how they affect the party, but it's just so cool that from a design standpoint, they said, we're going to design this class and it has this power, this suite of abilities, but we're going to we're gonna design a whole section of that, a good part of it. As um, modular. Yeah. As modular, yeah. So later on, they can release a splat book and put out three different orders and, and and have done so, and suddenly the the class itself is that much more personal. So let's let's get into that a little. Um, so we talked about the Cavalier has a lot of different things it can do. And what's cool is that it is modular in, in what you want to build. I mean, once you've made the choices, they're set in stone. But the class itself has that modular ability built into it. And normally you have feats 
Uh, they've introduced archetypes to classes, which, which kind of gives the modularity to any class. But this class in and of itself has that modularity, and it does that through orders. So let's talk about orders a little bit. Um, you know, what, what sort of different niches can he fill because of these orders? Well, in general, the orders, other than the order of the cockatrice, which is, is really self-centered, um, the big four... I mean, the big four orders are Cockatrice, Dragon, uh, Shield, and Sword. Um, I think it's interesting that the Order of the Sword is actually, should probably be Order of the Lance, um, since he's all about mounted combat. Yeah. Um, but all of the orders in general, if you, even in like the Splat book, um, if you look at them, they, for the, other than the Order of the Cockatrice, they all help the party in some way. They, they're, there's some kind of buffing. Some of them focus more on skills, some of them focus more on saves. Um, but these are the big four, and so I, I'm going to talk about those real quick because th these are the four that you're probably likely to see, um, you know, or with the Order of the Cockatrice. Hopefully you're not seeing that too much because it's kind of a bastardly one. Um, but it's fun. From a role-playing sense, it could be really cool. No, it'd be a beautiful one for NPCs as well. All right, so let's let's hit those a little bit. My my only thing, man, and there's so much to go here, and it's, it's almost hard to pick order uh, in which we're talking about. Um my only addition to those core orders is, is I, I would add in the warrior, uh, which is a samurai order as well, right? Yeah, both the both of the orders for the samurai, the the uh, the warrior and the ronin, I, I think are both are pretty strong. Mm -hmm. um, they're and as a cavalier, you can choose those, just like you know. So you could you could be base cavalier and take warrior, or you could be samurai and take any of these. So right. So maybe now I've segued into into that a little bit, and that the cavalier is one of the two classes in the game that has the distinction of having alternate classes for them as well. So you have the rogue, which has the ninja, and you have the cavalier, which has the samurai. Really, all that is is an expanded archetype. So in our discussions here about the cavalier, we're wrapping the samurai up in this. It's, it's right. all one package. So, yeah, I, my only addition, because I, I completely agree with you, most of the other orders that you didn't mention in your list they're just kind of lackluster. I mean, I'm sure you can make a build and make them fun and that sort of thing, but in general, eh, eh, not that great. Uh, but I would throw in there, Order of the Warrior is hot. I love it. Um, Damage reduction is good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd throw that one in on the list, too, just just for that reason. But so let's let's talk about those, those big four orders. What type of characters you seen out of those? Well, um, my my probably my most favorite, especially for a standard cavalier, and I'm going to talk about this too. Like some of them, I would I would say fit better with different ones. I mean, any either a samurai or a cavalier can take any of these orders, but some lend themselves better to different to the two to the two um, alternate classes. Okay. Um, so, like for instance, talking about the order of the warrior and the ronin, technically a cavalier can take those, and they're good, but they do synergize better with the samurai and how he has the resolve um, synergizes sure. better with those two orders. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and that really expands to any archetype, right? I mean, if, sure. you're, if you're taking the Order of the Sword, which we talked about, is is pretty focused on, on mounted combat, charging the lance, that sort of thing. You'd be better off as a cavalier. Yeah, and maybe some of the archetypes are going to be better for mounted combat as well. You sure. know, I mean, it's... it's so if you look at the samurai that way and you're like, okay, I want to be the guy who has the damage reduction, who who has these things, yes, samurai is better. He, he loses some of his other abilities. But it's almost like you're choosing your archetype and you're choosing your order to synergize together for whatever your car, character content is. is it, are we talking about optimization? 
Uh, well, we are. <laughs> We're talking about how both optimization and how your character concept work together. Oh, dear They work together to make an awesome character who has a good idea of what the character wants to do and actually does that. That's weird. Oh, man. Um, but no, actually, uh, so my idea is to make a really heavily armored knight guy who's up on a horse and he's a leader of men. So I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and play Bard. <laughs> Right, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's, sure. it's laughable, literally sure. laughable. If, if that's your core concept, now he, the leader of men part, he's got right. He's got his his inspired courage. You got stuff rolling there, but but I can dip a level of fighter and then do that, and I can do it. And yeah, yeah, you can be heavily armored to do that, or you can get the whole ball of wax right here with that character concept. And I, and I guess that's where I'm going on that. And I, I love that I'm preaching to you about it, because since I know you're on board, but hey. It's okay. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. That's what I do. Um, yeah, no, there's definitely some really cool combos. Three-piece combo that comes right off the top of my head is, say, classic cavalier plus the gendarme uh, archetype plus the order of the sword, in parentheses, lance. Um, those are like the, the trifecta of I am going to pwn people with my lance. Yeah. Um, you're just going to be super blow them out good. Stick that on like a halfling outrider type. Guy. So so why halfling? What's what's the deal there? Because uh, obviously that comes into play here. There's a reason you said halfling. If unless you're playing, you know, kingmaker or other open ground focused game, you're not going to get to be on your large mount until later in the game when dungeons are huge. Sure. Um, and even then, the role playing of taking your horse down into the pits of hell or something is kind of like I don't know if my horse would want to go there. So it's it's a good point, and I I think it that's. The conventional wisdom, and it's actually stuff that I hold very dearly to and don't like the, the medium-mounted guys for a reason. But I have seen arguments lately of, now, as, as you get higher in level, past 5th or 6th, you're fighting bigger and bigger creatures. There You have large size and bigger creatures in those dungeons. Right. They got down there and walked around and are fighting right. and are in the dungeon. Why can't my horse, which is the same size as them, get down there? And the answer is they can. Yeah, you can. Just, uh, just from the role playing, it just seems kind of odd. It seems yeah. odd. Uh, you have this horse that is is bound to you. This isn't just any horse. You actually have the mount ability. This mm-hmm. thing is True. is is. It's your animal like your companion. Special, it's your animal companion. Yeah. It's like your special mount as, as a paladin. Uh, it's higher trained. It's a war horse. It knows what its job is. It's as much your partner as anyone else in that team. It may not be comfortable, but it's heading down there with you because it's it's your pal, man. It's got your back, uh, so you could and and because it seems odd going into that dungeon with that horse, play that part up in in role play. Talk sure. about how yeah. how you're like I don't know if you want to come down here and, you, and you're wanting to tie the horse up and leave it there and the horse is like mm-hmm. it's it's coming down with you. It's it's doing it anyway and you're like dude no it's not gonna be comfortable. We got stairs and stuff and you can slip and and it's like no I'm not leaving you behind and 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 try to play out that horse's personality. But you could any any time you come up with a situation like that where you're like this isn't gonna work well. That's both a maybe I shouldn't do it and, and think about other things like going a small character or awesome role-playing opportunity and and whichever sure. you choose you you got a good opportunity there so then a small character works because you have a medium mount uh and and i was joking earlier that i love the idea of a halfling on an ostrich uh mount i don't know why it just i'm picturing joust where you got you know the flying half flying you know barely flying bird guy and he's running around with his lance and i don't know it makes me laugh a little bit which isn't necessarily the best way to make a character it's just a comedy piece but uh, it, it does make me laugh, or a chocobo, or, or something like that. Um, but your your classic small guy is going to be riding a dog. It's medium sized. There's no reason it can't go down in that dungeon. 
and, and, and off you run. Well, a lot of what I was saying is based also, too, just on the, like, the role-playing kind of aspect. And, you know, even if... I would have just as much of a role-playing problem, you know, if I was playing the character with bringing a, a pony. So even though it's medium-sized and yeah. mechanically there's nothing in the game that says that the that the horse can't negotiate stairs, yeah. it just feels wrong. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, having that dog or having that wolf... Um, I, I I would love to have a goblin cavalier on a wolf. They're just a lot more just, comfortable. On it stage. would just be rad, and it would just be really fun to role play a goblin cavalier on a wolf. Yeah. Um, the the other cool thing is that with a small guy, there's not a lot of chances for small guys to really shine in melee, and this yeah. is one of those times when you can because you're doing so much damage with that lance that the fact that you're doing a d6 instead of a d8 or something. Yeah. So you lose one point awesome. of average damage right. on on your weapon. Who cares well, actually, when we're doing so much, right? right? And you're right. It will be more because we're multiplying it, right? right. So well, one you're, point multiplies out to three. Well, you're going to lose one point average on your dice, and you're going to lose one to hit, and or not one to hit, so that's, that's negated by your size, but you're going to lose right. another lose one. damage from your strength, strength bonus, right? That's yeah. absolutely going to go there. You're 100% yeah. correct, yeah. though. So those are those are the reasons, typically, if you're building a melee character, you don't want a small character, is you're losing damage. And, and it's even here multiplied out that much more because if you have a lance and you have spirited charge and you're going for that times three damage multiplier that's more times damage four, you know, times two damage five, isn't multiplied yeah. by three yeah so you're looking at six damage total on, on one of those charge hits that you're losing for being a small character versus a, a big character and six damage every hit can add up sure uh so it, it's not insignificant but you can still do a, a metric buttload of damage if if you have a high strength and you charge in, so absolutely a small character on a mount with with the order of the sword and your standard uh, cavalier abilities and and like you talked about with the the and guys we're trying to get better at pronunciations but I'm gonna slaughter some so gendarm I think yeah yeah um you know that is a very strong mechanical combo and would work beautifully for a small character so if you've ever wanted to play that small character in heavy armor who's like yeah i can fight you can't stop me uh, this is a, a beautiful beautiful way to make that character uh works great so absolutely so, so that is the, the your standard charger guy will work beautifully as as your huge knight on a horse it'll work beautifully as you know, my halfling on an ostrich, or more appropriately on a dog, that sort of thing. So, what else do we got? What other, what other sort of standard builds are you seeing here? Well, I'm not sure about standard build, but getting back to the orders, looks like we've already covered the order of the sword. Um, get to my favorite one right out of the gate is the order of the dragon, and this is the one that when I first read the Cavalier, I just started jonesing on him. And and to me, the order of the dragon is your kind of quintessential. Paizo Cavalier. Um, just the way that the Cavalier already has the tactician ability and all these, you know, uh, feats to synergize with the party and the banner. When you read the Order of the Dragon, it just it just gets better and better. And so, you know, when he challenges, he gives his buddies bonuses to hit the guy that he's challenging. Um, if a Cavalier, if an Order of the Dragon Cavalier aids you, he's going to aid the shit out of you. Like, <laughs> like, it just keeps getting better and better. Like, his yeah. eight allies is crazy. Um, and then this with a strategy bonus, you can pick, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna make this guy have a better AC because he's up there in the stuff and he doesn't have a great AC. And I'm gonna give this guy a bonus to attack because I know that he needs to hit. And then I'm gonna have this guy make a move action. And you can just do this. You're basically designating and, and giving your party all these actions, which is action economy. So for action economy, how how is this working? So well, if I do that strategy, you're spending a standard action. 
and you can gain give these bonuses to everybody within 30 feet, and they can be different bonuses. So everybody doesn't have to get the dodge bonus. Everybody doesn't have to get the attack bonus. You can give one guy the dodge bonus, one guy the attack bonus. All right, so as, as a single standard action, I'm giving multiple bonuses to, to everyone else. No, one bonus to each one. So you can so you can say each person could say could have one of these. So there's a plus two and dodge each, to each. Each of those bonuses is customized to the person I'm giving it yes. to. Yes, so I could, nice. give, I could give the tank a plus two dodge bonus to AC. I could give the rogue who's flanking a plus two morale bonus to attack. And I could have the, I could give the cleric who needs to go get to our wizard that got dropped with a sneak attack. Um, I can give him a move action to get over there. So I can grant nice. move action. It's okay. just, it's all kinds of good. And you're giving up your action to do that. So that you really become the battle kind of general. But just the way you're the glue, you're the mortar between the bricks. You're making everyone else better. You're making them awesome. And then at 15th level, it just gets amazing where you can make everyone charge in and attack. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you can find a way to go first, um, or Which, go if, early. If, if you're going Order of the Dragon, taking things to buff up your initiative, sure. probably a good idea, right? Absolutely. It's, so going first might not be a problem if, if this is something you're building for. Yeah. The other thing I really love about that is it's it's level 15. In the Adventure Pass, we're, we're topping out at 15, 16 level, and you're never getting to the... Level 20 ability that doesn't exactly. matter. And right. basically we have one here. This it's is, good. It's really good. This is your level... You know, this is, is your capstone ability for an adventure path. And, sure. and it's hot. It's a really good capstone ability for an adventure path. And so it's fun that you actually get what essentially becomes a capstone ability. Uh, and you're so going to get yeah. a 15, so you should be able to use that through a good portion of that last module. Yeah, especially right? if, if it's ending at 16 or 17... Uh, you know, depending on the adventure pass, some get some use out of it yeah. than others. Um, and cancel at these. Man, maybe I shouldn't even say this because I'm not positive, but I think that one ended earlier, like 14 or 15, mm. which would kind of suck if you didn't get this. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah. it's it's uh, it's cool. It's it's good to get that ability there. So definitely, I like that they mechanically worked that in that they just replaced some of they they added abilities in the middle so that you know yeah it makes a nice little power sweep that's tailored to the type. Um, one of the, the reason, this is also, um, this ability is one of the reasons that I love it, how it fits in with a cavalier. Um, one of the, one of the base cavalier abilities is that banner ability, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. is shared by the samurai too. Um, and that banner ability is all about charging. Well, hey, this makes everybody charge and they're benefiting from the banner. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So they're, they're getting both their, their abilities right. are synergizing here. Uh, this plugs most in people with wouldn't the base charge abilities. a lot of times. You know, you have a lot of characters who aren't going to charge in the first place. But, man, if you make it sweet enough to be able to charge, and, oh, by the way, it doesn't take your actions, other than it takes your immediate action. Um, so they still spend an immediate action. They're not going to get a swift action that first turn. So your wizard, probably not charging in. It's okay. Probably not right. his best choice at 15th level wizard to do anyway. Because uh, he's going to use that, that swift sure, action for another sure. thing. But that's, that's probably wise. Uh, but other people, you know, your rogue is charging in there, loving it, that he's just busted an extra sneak attack as a swift action. And now be awesome. Right. And now if he goes before they do, he gets the full attack yep. with sneak attack before he was there. Right. Because yeah. he was already there. Yeah. And, and it's if good. you know that's coming as a rogue, uh, that's a great idea to delay your thing till right after, uh, you know, your, your, uh, it's pretty Cavalier hot. goes. It's yeah. Pretty absolutely. Hot. Um, Using, uh, there's a human alternate, uh, class feed. I'll mention these sometimes, you know, when they come up, but, um, really good. Uh, the human alternate class feed 
for the uh, in the right? yeah, or feature, feature feature yeah. for or not sorry not alternate class feature alternate favored class ability. Oh, okay. In in okay. the APG is every few levels an extra banner bonus. Nice. Um, so which, if you're a human and you take. Cavalier as your and you really wanted class. to utilize and I mean so for instance if I was going to do Order of the Dragon I might go that way because uh -huh. I'm already all about making people charge with the banner and it just would synergize really well if I wasn't if I was going to be say Order of the Shield which we'll get to next mm -hmm. I would probably go for say the extra hit points sure um, from your from your favorite class just because it's going to be a lot more useful the banner's great but I'm not tailoring it all about you know making the party do things okay. Um, so I guess that goes right into the Order of the Shield. Uh, this is the one that I'm currently jonesing on. Uh, one of the people in our party uh, asked me to help him uh, make a warrior character, and I said, well, you know, you're probably going to end up as a party tank. Do you want to gear for that or just kind of try to do it? And he said, let's try to gear for that. And I was scratching my head, and I said, you know what, instead of a fighter, let's do a cavalier. And I was looking at the Order of the Shield, and this is just awesome. So now in this case, you're actually looking at samurai rather than... Cavalier, right? Yes. The okay. Order of the Shield would be great with a Cavalier or the Samurai, but uh -huh. the Samurai is so much better at, at being in close combat with the Resolve. and You're losing some of the charge abilities, and instead you get really good abilities that help you tank, basically. Right? Yeah. Oh, man, that crit's going to suck. Oh, wait, no, I didn't get critted. Not getting critted and turning into not crit. I cannot <laughs> overemphasize how, how fantastic that is as a tank. Uh, the big thing as a tank is you're sitting there, and, and you have... Almost, you figure out how many rounds can I live with this guy beating on me. Uh, and if he crits, that changes that dramatically. It really makes that swing. Whereas if you can have that consistent level of taking damage and moving down, it's really nice. Especially if you're in a situation where they can only hit you on a 19 or 20. Most of the time they're not hitting you, but when they do, they crit. Right? Uh, right. And, and so being able to move that crit away, that's that's a big deal. And so, ha, ah, I love yeah. it. And and when I go back and forth in the in the samurai and the cavalier, I, I really want to encourage people to try to think about the samurai just as a different set of abilities for the for the cavalier. I mean, that was one of the things that that I need your kind of like revulsion when the, when the samurai and the ninja first came out. I was like, oh, I don't want you know Asian stuff in my fantasy. Not that there's anything wrong with Asian people. It's just. Um, Classically, I don't like to mix my Western and Eastern fantasy. I sure, guess, and I don't think you're alone. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't want ninjas with yeah, the they don't want ninjas running around <laughs> there. But I, I and this is a callback to our skinning episode, right? Where right. you can totally skin the samurai just because yes. he's called a samurai does not mean he has to be a samurai. So, so let's talk about your skin of the samurai in this case, because I, I really like your idea, and that's why I keep calling back to this and really calling it out. Uh, so, how are you skinning? The well, samurai in this case. Basically, it all came down to I knew that I wanted to use the samurai, and I knew that I wanted to have him use a shield, obviously. But I was like, how do I... First, I was like, how do I skin the shield? Could it be a big armored gauntlet to kind of make it fit with the samurai? And then it occurred to me, why don't I just skin the whole samurai and make him a knight? And so basically, the idea is that he is just a knight of a different order. Kind of think of him almost like a, like a very specific uh, order of protectors, um, maybe similar to like a knight templar or something. Um, to where he actually has the shield, and um, I in this case I'm actually skinning the katana into something you know else. So you can insert whatever name you want instead of a bastard sword, um, and you can use the you know mechanically it's a katana. So write katana in parentheses after whatever so we else know you know what it is. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about in the Eastern gaming episode skinning. You could have just skinned the bastard sword into a katana, and here we are doing the opposite, right? Absolutely. You're skinning the katana right back into something else, and you're just 
you're picturing this as a big old sword that could be used two-handed, but he's using it one-handed because he's got the shield in the other and he's trained well with it, but it's just a, a big old western-looking sword that uses the mechanics of the katana. So right. That, it's yeah. bigger, thicker, sharper, longer. It's been folded a million times. How, from... how that's drawn in the picture of the character has nothing to do with right. how it plays. And so it absolutely can be skinned out that way. And now you have your classic... European style knight Absolutely. using the samurai the air quotes uh, going on there. Yeah. It's good. He's going to be in there with his resolve, his challenges. He can protect his charge, and uh, I, I liked it. Um, I'm building this for one of our friends in the Uslov campaign, and I just like the, how that fits into that you know that uh, that classic kind of Raven Lofty setting, and you have the 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 knight that's not always going to be able to be on the horse and he's right. going to be you're sure you can ride a horse and you can do just fine but he's going to be down fighting in the ranks and you know this guy was trained from this order that generally protects the aristocracy but in this case he finds out that hey I need to protect this party of people right um and he's just super good and the order of the shield just touching on their abilities resolute is awesome it's basically almost like a damage reduction it's kind of stolen from the crusader in 3.5, where you're changing damage into non-lethal damage. It's not huge. It's only like one point at first. Um, but it's one of those things where, over time, it's going to give you more staying power in the fight. Um, I really liked Stem the Tide. This is the one that made me look at this order in the first place, which is I've always liked the... Um, a, the uh, standstill feat mm -hmm. to be able to stop people from moving, say like, no, you're not going to get to my friends. You're going to have to get through me. Yes. But this guy can hit people in the face, so he yeah. gets to do an attack, do damage with his attack of opportunity that you you need to take combat uh, reflexes, obviously, with this guy. Yeah. Um, you're doing damage and you're stopping them from getting your friends. Uh, and then and then his capstone ability, he gets to as immediate action intercept foes. So it's like, you know, someone got through and they're about to charge your wizard and boom, you're there right in the nick of time taking that hit, hitting that guy. Um, it's just it's just all kinds of awesome. That is all kinds of awesome. So I, I like him. From a tank, if I was going to make a tank, if somebody said, you know, Barry, you're going to make the tank for the party, I would be really inclined to make this Order of the Shield Samurai mm -hmm. um, or, you know, Summoner. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. So... And, and uh, we'll get right back to orders in a second here because we had some really cool ones I still want to go over, but I, I just can't overemphasize the point that we're talking about com you know, some very different... We just talked about the supercharger guy. We we're now talking about great tank guy. We haven't touched archetypes other than using the samurai as an archetype. Did you, I mean, did you look at archetypes for this build as well? Uh, on top I of it? I didn't. You, yeah. haven't, you haven't even gotten to that point yet. And no. you're already in love with his abilities and sure. how you could customize him and get him there. And we haven't even dealt with... With feats, we haven't dealt with archetypes. We're just dealing with with this, and and that's man, that's just the beauty of the cavalier. Right, is that yeah. modularity for for going there, and then you can continue to customize them to do what it is you want that character to do with archetypes and with feats. So I, man, guys, I, I just can't tell you how awesome that is. That that's what's the beauty of this class, and this is what makes it different. The fighter absolutely has a lot of versatility, as long as feats provide that versatility. This is a different modularity in what you want to do. Um, so sorry, a complete tangent there, but, but back to orders. So so that was Order of the Shield. We talked about Order of the Shield. We talked about Order of the Sword. We talked about uh, the Order of the Dragon. Right. Uh, what else you got? Um, well, the other big one that people will take uh, is the Order of the Cockatrice. It's not so much... Uh, it, it's definitely not for parties, and really I would say out of, out of all the orders, this is the one that gets dipped the most if people aren't really going to be a career cavalier. 
Um, getting that braggart ability at level two. Uh, basically, you get the dazzling display feat, but at level two, at level two, hot. and it's better. So if if that was what you wanted to build, if you wanted to build a fighter or warrior to use the dazzling display or the cockatrice, is a great way to get into it. Um, also, it's nice, Absolutely. yeah, because his challenge ability gives them, you know, extra damage. You know, above and beyond what the other cavaliers get, so it's it's good. Um, it's also it mechanically, it's a good good order to take. Um, it, it does lose. It's interesting that the the whole class. You know, I know it's called cavalier, and it should be about mounted, you know, combat, but it's really about teamwork. And, and the order of the cockatrice just flips that on its head and says, you know, most cavaliers are about teamwork. This guy, it's about himself. <laughs> what can you do for me lately? You know, and that's that's kind of kind of what this does and I, I just I know there's a lot of ways you could skin this there's a lot of things sure. you can do with this in game and I, I can't help but from a DM's point of view look at this and say man I can't wait to have the greedy baron guy who is I mean just I mean if you're you're playing standard feudal European type baron area and and he's just pillaging his own people and he's all about you know just using them as resources doesn't even see them as people and then you go to fight him and he actually is a decent knight and he's a good warrior and and this totally can bring out some of those some of the role play aspects of that person's character that that made him so hateful to your pcs that they rose up against this guy uh and that brings it out mechanically as well so it's just a, a beautiful synergy between those to have that brought out um, so I, I love it for that point of view too. It's it's a beautiful RP way of doing things. At the same time, it's a good good choice. Like you talked about, great to dip. It wouldn't be bad to build a character like this. But as a DM, I think it's just a fantastic NPC one too. I, I love it. Using people as resources, we'll call him Baron Sid. <laughs> That's right. Um, but just as a note, the Steel Glory ability, which is is in the fluff, supposed to be all about yourself. Um, actually is a, is a pretty decent, uh, party ability because when your friend that you crits on a, on a, on a creature or something sure. and you threaten it, you get to follow up with the strike. And the fluff on there is the fact that you're stealing the kill. Well, and you're not, you're not losing any cavalier abilities. You still have tactician. You still have sure. those other things to sure. take this, right? So you still can be someone who had, you're still helping your allies. I, I guess maybe I went a bit overboard and saying it turns it on its head because it's still there, but it's like this guy's doing it to help him, not help the party. Well, and from the fluff, it's, it's, yeah. from the fluff, he's absolutely supposed to be self-centered. I was sure. just saying that the Steel Glory ability is kind of cool because let's say you were partnered with someone who critted a lot. So you had like your crit rogue or your crit fighter. Uh -huh. If you're next to him and you're threatening the same creature, whenever he crits, you get an attack of opportunity on the creature that he just crit. So thinking that he is like guy with lots of small crits, He's, you know, his crits aren't going to always down a creature, so he's giving you, he's letting you proc more attacks of opportunity. So it actually yep. synergizes really well. He's still a, definitely a bastard from the role-playing sense, um, you know, and if we were still in second edition where getting the killing blow gave you bonus experience, which I think would be awesome. Um, <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, then it would be even better. But, I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's cool. It is still a good uh, well, It's a good still ability. a great ability, too, yeah. because if you have, say, a... a I don't know, just pretty much like I had a, a rogue in one of the games I, I did, and I know Sneak Attack doesn't multiply on a, on a crit, but he basically had Kukri, and he went for having, you know, really high crit ranges, and he put, you know, they have the weapon gems in 3-5 that he burst put on there. Burst and all that, that stuff. Yeah, and so he got ones that did every single type of, of burst. 
uh, and then crit as much as he could. And so when he crit, not only is sneak attack damage, he also got an extra 66 damage in all these variety of, of elements. And it worked out pretty cool, and it was big, and it was fun, and he enjoyed it. Uh, didn't do as much damage overall as he thought it would, but it was it was a lot of fun. But if that guy's here playing with the Order of the Cockatrice guy, that guy's critting all the time. I mean, he was, by the end of that campaign, he was critting two or three times a round. Yeah. I, you, your order the cockter. I said, there. Yeah, me too. Rocket. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, it, it, it totally be hot. And there's a lot of builds. I mean, you have a, a Magus with you, and, and he's all about you know you want him to crit so he can get his spell damage high, and and that it's just one more you know. It's fun, and imagine the role playing. It's so great. Be like, yeah, I know you did 112 damage to him, but he actually had 120 hit points. Booyah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Another you one for me. Why do I always have to finish it for you? You can't ever finish him. And think of the poor guy who gets hit. Like, imagine if these are NPCs doing it. You're fighting a mages and Lord of the Cockatrice, and and one of them's hitting you, and this guy's just it's it's you're down. He's just kicking you right in the gut. Just yeah. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. I love it. Uh, so yeah, it's Order the Cockatrice, right? so that's that's hot. Um, the Moment of Triumph, I, I love, too. Uh, it, it's, sure, it's a great, great ability. Again, I love that you have 15th level abilities that, you know, are kind of your capstone abilities. Uh, it's just fun to have that, you know, single burst of, of funness. Um, but, so those are, those are the four main ones out of the APG, I wanted to say main book. For Cavalier, it is the main book, right? But... Uh, we also then mentioned the Order of the Warrior, right? Uh, which comes in from the Samurai. So Order of the Warrior, you can do very much the same thing that you could do with your character that, that you talked about for your defensive character, and you went with Order of the Shield. So I guess Order of the Warrior, first off, what, what makes it hot? Why did, you know, I, I guess maybe I should answer it since I'm the one who said it was good. Uh, this is, is giving you damage reduction to the things you challenged. And that adds a lot to how much you can you can withstand something's assault. So a lot of the creatures you fight in a D&D campaign get multiple attacks, even even at lower levels. Uh, if you fight a dragon and, and their claw, claw, bite, wing, wing, slap you with their tail, do tap dance on you, uh, they get like 87 <laughs> attacks to your one. And Tickle you with their wiggly parts. That's yeah. right. I mean, they're just going crazy on you. Well, damage reduction then worked on all of those. I mean, anything where it has multiple attacks, damage reduction is a big deal against that. <clears throat> and a lot of the single type creatures that you fight do have multiple abilities because the designers realized that it's one creature versus a whole party of people, so they're trying to action economy, sure. you know, spread that out. Well, this really, if you're taking those things, makes a big difference. You challenged it, now all those attacks it's hitting you with, trying to down you, are all of them getting some of the some of the damage taken off. So, you know, it's it's beautiful for that. It's a great tanking ability. Uh, if you're building a charger, you're building a, a you know mounted archer guy, not as good, not as good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's hot for that. And and so, just going back to your character concept here, why did you choose the Order of the Shield over the Order of the Warrior? I'm not saying you made the wrong decision. What was the thought process is where I'm going with Well, that. the key there is challenge. And so, when I was designing a tank, I'm thinking about, in the long run, we're going to be grinding, uh, or, you know, we're going to be in multiple combats. And you only have so many challenges. And even in, you know, it's a in-one combat... You know, you could have the BBEG there, but what about all of his cronies? And it's it's the tank's job to 
stem the tide. Uh-huh. Um, oh, literally, look, stem the tide. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, you know, that, and that's really what it boils down to is the resolutability, while it's not as good as damage reduction, um, it functions similarly to the damage reduction where it's making it non-lethal damage, but this applies to everything all the time. So, so that's, that's basically why. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is when you were going over the orders earlier, each order, the way it's set up, it has edicts which talk about, you know, your order as a, as a role playing thing, like what are, what are the things you have to follow to be in that order, so on and so forth. Each one then has a challenge. What does it do as when you make the challenge? And each one has then order abilities. You really focused in on those order abilities and not much on the challenge. Uh, because it's limited per day. Because it's limited per day, and the challenge and, is a fine ability. But absolutely, I, and I'm not I'm not ragging you for this. It's yeah. not a wrong way to look at it because your order the shield guy. He can go all day and all night and have those same abilities you're counting on. And hey, he can also challenge, which is hot. Right. Uh, and in the in the case of the order of the shield, if if you're not attacking me, I get lots of bonuses to hit you. Saying hey, I'm over here. You ignore me at your own risk. So it's it's a way to keep that focus on you. In the case of the order of the warrior, it's if you're focused on me, I'm taking less damage. Right. But it doesn't necessarily force that focus there on you. So it's it's interesting, you know, depending on your playstyle and how you want to make your cavalier, you have both those things to focus on. And and so keep both in mind. Neither's wrong, neither's right. I'd also say it depends on your on your on your party and your DM and your campaign too. Absolutely. Oh, look at that. Because if you have multiple, say, what if you already have a tank? If you already yeah. have a tank. Um, who's going to be, or someone else to help you tank, uh-huh. you can focus more on that, on the big bad guy or the dragon or whatnot. Sure. Um, if you're having to do, do it, all of it by yourself, if you are the tank... Yeah, if you're, you if you're to, fighting you in combat where right? there's only one opponent, that's and that happens a lot, and you know your DM's likely to do that, right. then then one's better than the other. If, you're, if your DM's more likely to have lots of opponents, then a different one is better than the other. What what the, the campaign path that you're, you yeah. know, that you're going through, your if DM playing, style, your party, all those things really tie into it. If you're playing something where, where it's going to have a huge day with lots of encounters because you're going through dungeons like crazy, and, and you're going to do that, then the things that have limited use abilities like challenge aren't going to be as good. If you're playing something like Kingmaker where a lot of the time you're going through and you only have one encounter a day, uh, anything where you can Nova makes you a lot more powerful in that campaign than you would be in some other. So, so again, knowing your campaign makes a big difference too. Absolutely. If you're having two or three combats in a, in a day and then your character's resting, yeah, that definitely any building around the challenge is going to be better. And the order of the shield, the challenge isn't nearly as good. You get extra bonuses to hit if you're the thing that you challenged attacks someone other than you. So if yeah. he tries to hit your party, I mean, and it synergizes well with what you already do with stem the tide and things. I, I kind of, I mean, I, I do like it. I like anything where it's as a tank. Pay attention to me. Any ability that helps do that, and this does. If as long as they know that. If they ignore you, you're going to get bonuses to hit them. I don't know. Really if they, good deal. I don't know if they know that. Eh, but. Well, you let them know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. Well, pop. Once I'm still here. Pop. Well, well, the fun thing is, once they've procked that, they've now pissed you off. And so it lasts for get, a minute. Even if they refocus on you, you're still getting those. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, in in and of itself, the samurai has one of the hottest challenge abilities. Agreed. Um, you know, going to the Ronin, which I actually really dig, and I think. For me, I, I like the order abilities of the Ronin a little better than the Samurai, but again, his challenge is much more specific. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still useful if you, if you get in that duel, and I, I kind of like this, the, the cinematics of the duel, um, and, and how he's good at that. 
and I like that it applies to, you know, a ranger's hunt ability or uh-huh. the paladin's smite. Um, but, you know, yeah, his, his challenge is, is not as good as the samurai's, right. but, you know, his order abilities might be more in line with what someone and wants again, to build And again, depending on the campaign, if you're playing a campaign full of knights and cavaliers and paladins and, and inquisitors and it's a lot of, you know, those one-on-one fights, Rome's actually really cool because you're likely to get in those situations and how cinematic is that that it's like i challenge you i fight back and and you know it's 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 this focus and there's a huge battle going around but you're focused on those two people fighting it's it's really cinematic and cool it's in a lot of D D games i don't think it's making a big difference most of those abilities are, are pc abilities you're not going to have as many npcs who do the challenging type things that said i love that they did the ronin the way they did the Ronin, even though you and I kind of disagree a little on, on the base value of it, but the fact that unlike the Paladin, if you lose your Paladin hood, you're just a big fat warrior, <laughs> you know. Well, now you're an anti-Paladin, but well, you okay, can't yeah, be, yeah. right? I but mean, yeah. right, if, assuming you want to get your Paladin hood back and rather than, than being right. an anti-Paladin, right. you're, you're a big fat warrior guy. Um, <laughs> in this case, you're still, you, you just lost your order, it switched out, you keep all your other abilities, you, you may want to get back to your order, and it's going to be really hard work to do, but you're still effective and can keep playing the game until right. that happens, and you don't just become a liability on the party. You can jump right into it. In the meantime, you actually have, so you're, just, you're not a guy with no order, you're Ronin or... With, with a different order. Yeah, I'm not right. as good at defending people now because I've made a selfish act, so now I'm a selfish guy for a little while, but <laughs> I'm going to try and get back to where I want to be. Or, yeah, I like this. I'm going to rock it. And you're going to stay there and, or work... You know, I mean, it just... It's a better design, a way to get across that you have a ethos that you need to follow, and you're going to follow it. But if if you you fall outside of that, you're not just useless. And I, I think it's just a lot better game design. And so I really appreciate it from that point of view. Imagine how fun something like that would be if you were playing in a campaign that had a kingdom or you know that kind of a setting as as the villains, uh-huh. say maybe like Curse of the Crimson Throne or something, and then the DM can work that in where you're fighting this group of soldiers from the from the castle. I'm just guessing I haven't read Crimson Throne, but I'm just guessing that the queen might send bad guys at you or something, sure. and he could just upgrade that to like, well, you know, the captain is actually a level one, you know, cavalier or a level one whatever, or, you know, work in the different abilities so that to help proc your ability and, you know, you're being challenged by the other knights and uh, how fun would that be if you got to actually it would, use that I, quite It would a bit. be really cool, especially since you could use those teamwork abilities where the captains or, or the sergeant or whoever's in charge of that squad is buffing up the squad and it makes you have to think tactically about who you take out first. So, like, maybe there's this guy who's buffing the whole squad. You also have a, a healer who, hey, do we need to take care of him first? Ooh. Which do we take care of first? And it really makes it a bit more tactical situation when you have to decide who you're taking out first rather than just whoever swarms you. First. I really dig that from a DM standpoint of yeah. having 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 like a you know kind of the bad guys as this this empire or whoever's in charge of it, and and so because they of the pecking order squads. and because of the pecking order of the, you know the sergeants are trying to climb the corporate ladder, if you will, that the majority of them are like cockatrice. Yeah. Cavaliers. So they are kind of punks, right? Yeah. And they're just trying to one up each other and they use the guys in their squad to like, you know, they're in the thick too. And then, you know, guy with the halberd next to them crits the dude. So he swings over and gets the well, kill. Especially and... if you have a situation where it's very futile and your, your general guy down on the lowest level is never going to have upward mobility. Uh, only the, the nobility is going to start out and be able to be those things. So that's why this guy's a warrior and this guy's a cavalier. 
Uh, I, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. I like that he lot. could buff his squad too, and it would yep. be it would be really good. But then he's like getting these attacks of opportunity to build his career and get, you know get the kills. It'd be so, more fun if if that's the PCs are part of that. Some of the guys are good leaders and they're good guys, and they're part of an order that isn't as selfish. And yet you have the guy who's wanting to come climb the corporate ladder, and that's all he cares about, and he is the cockatrice. And yeah, that is a lot of fun. I like that. Yeah, so I guess the original order of the cockatrice would be the king from Dragon Slayer. There you <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dips the tip of his sword into it. I'll hail the dragon slayer. <laughs> I killed it. I got the last hit point. <laughs> um, all right. Well, back to the Order of the Warrior real quick, because we talked about its challenge ability, and then we compared that to the Order of the Shield, but we really haven't done apples to apples here yet. Uh, they have some cool order abilities, too. Uh, how many times in a, in a day in most campaigns, even ones where you have lots of encounters, do you think you make saving throws? Uh, once or twice. <laughs> yeah, you make a few a day. Yeah, sure. And they're important when you got to make them, they, right? Definitely. Especially as you get to high level. You generally don't want to fail your saving throws. These guys get at second level. Their their order ability is to have a certain number of times per day. They can throw on a plus four morale bonus onto as a free action onto a saving throw. That that's pretty hot. Um, you know, as far as a tank goes, if your tank gets I don't know mind controlled, it's bad. It's bad. And having this floating, you know, high save thing makes uh, it can make a big difference. And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons people just love Paladins is, is those saves. And this gets it that much more. And, hey, I don't even want to stop you from making a Samurai with two levels dipped into Paladin, both who have high charisma, and, and suddenly, hey, those are synergizing. You get the Paladin save bonuses, <laughs> and you get these. I guess I need to look and, and double-check. I will not card. fail a save ever. Ever, yeah. Uh, I need to double-check that that's not a morale bonus from the Paladin, because uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I don't think, I don't it think, it, I think it's a divine bonus. Yeah, um, so, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have insane saves. So that's that's... Pretty freaking good. And if it isn't one you care about that much, you're like, eh, it's just a small little trap. Well, if you want to quantify how good that is, think about the fact that, say, that a feat like Fortitude or Iron Will is plus two. Yeah. And it's fixed on one type of saving throw. Yep. This is plus four, and you can apply it to whichever Wherever saving throw you feel like. yeah. on the fly. Pretty, um, pretty freaking so good. So the feat economy here. It's just huge. Additionally, if you're if you're dungeon delving, and that's certainly a style of play that a lot of people do. It's fun on the weekends. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not it's not a bad way to play or anything. Um, it's fine. It's not my preferred way. I don't mind dungeons thrown in, but it's not my focus. But if you're dungeon delving, you're running into a lot of traps. Uh, some traps, not a big deal. Some traps really, really can hurt you if you fail that save to... I mean, a lot of them, you go to turn open that door and a little needle sticks out and you take one point of damage. And, oh, by the way, make save versus this horrific, you know, poison... You don't care about that one point of damage, but you sure would like to make the save against the poison. This this lets you do that. So it really is... Fail for Polymorph. You are now a three towards Toad Sloth. Yeah, or yeah. a Toad, or whatever. Yeah, it's... it's When you want to make that save, you can use this ability. If you don't think the save's a big deal, at that time you don't use it, and it's fine. You get it a, a several times a day, and, you know, only once at second level, but it goes up from there. So it's it's pretty nice. So at 8th level, you're getting an ability that basically, when it really matters for you to make a roll, if it's an attack roll, skill check, or saving throw, and we just talked about saving throws, uh, but there's lots of times in, in the campaign we've been playing in where, man, we're about to lose someone, they're about to go down, we have to hit this. If we can hit this, we can pull this out, and it'll look like this just awesome victory. That This makes sure you do that. Uh, you get a roll three times for that roll and take whichever one's best. Oh, hey, I'll take the crit. That sounds nice. Um... <laughs> 
15% chance for a natural 20. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm good with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's not bad at all. I'm going to get nerd rage. I know 5% three times is I, not 15%. You are, you are going to get nerd rage. All right, so then at 15th level, you get the, the strike troop. Much better than true strike because they flipped the words. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and any attack. So you, you get to choose one attack to make. Uh, you make that attack as normal. If it hits, it's a critical threat. Uh, you still have to roll to confirm, so not a big deal. Uh, but you're, you're making it. You know, oh, by the way, uh, it also did max damage as a critical. That's that's pretty hot, but oh, not sweet enough. <laughs> you just just criticaling like a crazy person and then doing max damage with that critical. I think we should throw on that they also become either your choice of blind, deaf, or sickened, or staggered for 1d4 rounds. Very cool. That's very, very cool. It's a standard action, so you can't do it as a full attack. Uh, but if you need, again, you know, like we just talked about with that, the way of the samurai, where you're roll three, and if you have to make that hit, hit, this is the same sort of thing. Not only do, does it do I, and you, yeah, use them together, why not? Because uh, you don't want to miss your strike true, right? Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you you not only, you want to end that fight. This is a good way to do it. Not a bad. It's probably better as an opener even because you hit them hard while they have the most hit points. You're doing as many hit points out of that as you can. And oh, by the way, you're staggered for four rounds. While I you know mop you up a little bit, or you you wander off and buff your nails while your friends mop them up because you're like, yeah, I'm that good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's really hot, and this is all on top of the fact that with your challenge you got DR. So, it, man, I, I do love it a lot. And it's interesting that compared to the Order of the Shield, the Order of the Shield has its other abilities really get into the tanking piece, mm -hmm. and it's a challenge ability gives you more to hit. This is kind of the opposite. The challenge ability gives you stuff to tank. The Order abilities all give you stuff that's going to make you better at hitting and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So. Either one's a fantastic choice. There's neither, you know, they're both really good. I the Order of the Warrior is a great cinematic. I mean, if you want to do those awesome movie moments where you're just, you know, and that's what the samurai is. He's just not going down no matter what. I mean, that's what the yeah. capstone ability of the samurai class. Um, and you're, you have to hit. He's the guy. You have to make that save. He's the guy. You want to max the damage. Great for those cinematic abilities. It's it's awesome. It's a really really good class. I'm um, just seeing this guy fighting a dragon by himself. The dragon he's challenged to the sure. dragon. The dragon's doing all these attacks. They're doing as much damage because he's got the dr. Sure. He needs to make those attacks hit, and, and he's doing it. And then it breathes fire. He needs to make that save. He does it. Interesting cool. to note. There's well, there's an ability for the samurai that he can pick one of his samurai weapons, and he also gets, I believe, a plus two to confirm the critical, which would be nice with the strike. True. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sure would. I would definitely recommend though. Um, whereas I think most people are going to pick the the uh, katana because it's going to be kind of the go-to workhorse weapon. Uh, it's also possible to have a samurai based around the naginata. I believe it has a higher, it has a times four critical. And so while it would be totally doable to build a samurai, and actually a friend mentioned this, like how cool it would be to make a samurai around the Naginata instead of the, instead of the katana, um, I think at the very least, Naginata would be your go-to weapon for using the strike true ability because it doesn't it say if you hit, it's automatically a critical threat. Correct. So you bypass the low, you know, critical threat range of that Naginata, and hey, you know, if you confirm, which isn't too hard to do... Times four on all your strength bonus, and all of its max. Boom. So, ah, oh, ah, oh, yeah. So With reach. It's, it's a D8, so 
really, I mean, that, that just turned it into, what, a 32 points of damage from the weapon itself. For sure. I mean, it's not just up to 32. It's for sure 32 points of damage from that, plus times four on your strength modifier, plus times four on the, I don't know, magical enchantment on the Naginata, your fifth, level 15. It's, it's probably pretty high at this point. You're probably rocking a plus four Naginata. Um, yeah, it's really good. That would be quite the big boomstick. Oh, and you're, you're sickened. Yeah. Or, oh, and you're, you know, staggered. Or, oh, oh, man, it's just hot. And the thing that I like about this is that there are other things that get a similar ability, say, like a, a high level, like a level 16 um, duelist or, you know, your level 20 rogue or something. But this this is a this is an attainable capstone ability. Yeah. I mean, this is all that awesomeness of you are seriously crippling them. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, it's, it's level 15. And say you you got a bunch of knights walking around. You're playing knights at the round table. One of your knights is in order of the cockatrice, gets extra attacks when someone else criticals. Oh, hey, you know what I can do? I can critical a lot. If I if I want to critical, I can decide to critical. Oh, you can attack too? That's awesome! <laughs> I, so not only did I do a massive amount of damage, hit him, sicken him, uh, Barry just went ahead and, and rocked him from behind. Uh, it's just mean. <laughs> it's 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 pretty fun. Uh, Watch out, Barry will rock you from behind. He, yes, that's, <laughs> he does do that. Yeah, no, actually, that would be great. A bunch of a, a bunch of samurai running around with the you know with the crazy critical range on the katana, having one of your one of your knights of the square table in there, you know, with a with an order of the cockatrice would be awesome. Yeah. If you had a high, high dex, just that combat reflexes, you'd be getting attacks all over the place. And that's what would make it, since they all have different orders that you're choosing from all these knights running around, uh, they're all different. They all feel different, yet you still have that Knights of the Round Table game. Uh, when everyone has the same class. So yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty good. So I, I think we've, we've rocked the orders pretty thoroughly here. Uh, <laughs> spent a lot of time Some on Some of their praises. Yeah, which which is great. I mean, they really are the core of what makes the the class. So I guess we've really touched on the challenge a lot too. Uh, it, it's definitely a big piece of the class. It's you know kind of like the paladin can can um, smite evil. Sure. Uh, this is this is its sort of thing. Except there's no alignment restrictions. There's no anything like that. But it, it does give you that I'm awesome versus this single guy. Right. Um, it's much much less of a bonus even. You know, even the fact that it's not just against... I mean, you could go and challenge a good a good person. Yep. Um, it's still much less of a bonus than the smite is. Yes. Um, but, I mean, it's fine. They have a lot of other abilities, and it it's cool. It's definitely really a fun, useful one. I'd say it's a lot more useful for the samurai because it gives them resolve. Mm-hmm. So it ties in better, whereas with the cavalier, it's kind of like an... Oh, there's an extra bonus, and that's cool, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the samurai, you're really going to be... You're going to be... I think you would tend to remember your ch- your challenge a lot more playing a samurai, because you're like, oh, man, I want some more resolve. Yeah. Um, and it, it ties into your class abilities. Yeah, so. personally, I mean, you're you're losing out on, on some of the teamwork feats and stuff by going samurai instead of, of staying a straight cavalier. I, I, I'm just not super impressed by the teamwork feats. Uh, I, I, I was agree, playing Inquisitor honest. for a while. It's fun that I can just whip them out. I don't care who else has them and, and use them, but there's just not that many good ones to choose from. Uh, at lower levels, it's fine because there is three good ones, but once you get past three, you're like, eh, what do I do with this extra you know, teamwork feat? There's not a lot of great ones. You don't have that problem as much with the Samurai. So yeah, I kind of lean a little towards it. But on the other hand, there is three good ones. So if you really want to be flanking and stuff, it works beautifully with it. Uh, nothing wrong with plus four flank, you know, plus four to hit instead of plus two to hit when people are flanking. Since you are buffing your whole party, that's, man, it's really good. So 
I would say either way's good. Yeah, I would say. I mean, for you know, given the the orders that that I I tend to like, you know, if I was going to make Order of the Dragon or Order of the Sword, parentheses Lance, I'd go with the standard Cavalier. If I'm going to do Shield, I'm going to do Cockatrice or Warrior, Warrior Ronin, or probably most of the other ones that we didn't talk about. Lion is decent. Um, I'm going to probably go with Samurai. Yeah. I mean, and just given the metagame of you're probably going to be doing some dungeon crawls, you're going to be doing a lot of, uh, you know, just your kind of standard grinding through the through the modules, it's it's going to be better um, for you, I think, in the long run. But all, all the stuff we talked about, I think, is a real testament to, um, or to sum it up, if, 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 if nothing else, um, how many party roles that the samurai can fill. So they, yeah. they can tank effectively they can be a good damage dealer as you just illustrated with that order of the warrior yeah or, um, or like we talked with the order of the sword i mean a charger is all about huge bursts of damage absolutely. huge bursts right, right. Uh, but then they got to spend around setting another one up or, or you know whatever but they you have that if you wanted to make a mounted archer who has crazy good mobility and yet still if he, he's you know not in a good position to be an archer can fight this is a great way to go too. I mean, the yeah, the ranger can do that as well, and they do it pretty well. Uh, but you absolutely could go cavalier and do that just fine. Yeah, and cavalier or archer would be solid. Fine. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you'd get probably you you get the stinky face from people who are like, it's just a knight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no reason why yeah. you, you, you can't do that. In the face. Yeah. Give me a stinky face, pop. <laughs> so <laughs> s- s- speaking of shooting people in the face, um, you showed me uh, where we were talking about the. I know that you like the musketeer from before because you're not a fan of riding around. Yeah, um, with so I, I gotta say, riding around has grown on me, but absolutely, if we get into archetypes, so jumping right into the archetypes, and see, we listen to feedback, I'm saying archetype now, right? Quit yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, but getting into the archetypes, absolutely, there there is stuff that works here. So if if you are like that original poster that I, I started this whole conversation with, and, and you don't think that the mount is worth anything in a lot of those situations... One of your big options here is to get rid of it and go with a musketeer. You're firing a musket instead of having a horse. You're bonding with your musket. You know, this is my rifle. This is my gun. No, but (laughs) at the same time, you can take the luring cavalier archetype with the musketeer archetype, and it's got some cool stuff that goes on there, like uh, you're still firing, uh, getting touch attacks at twice your normal range increment. All the time. All the time. So if you listen to our firearms episode, well, this is good. We're having a lot of callbacks to our previous <laughs> episodes here. But if you listen to that firearms episode, uh, you know, we talked about how great that is, but one of the limitations of the firearms is that short range that they have. This doubles that. Uh, that's pretty good. It's got an ability, you know, as you get up in levels where you can make someone have to. We were laughing about this ahead of time. Uh at 11th level, you get the ability, if you shoot someone, uh, they have to then spend one... They get so mad, they have to spend one round moving closer to you. They either have to make move, run, or charge actions only. Uh, and we were joking that you could you know, shoot a wizard. He's like, oh, I can just teleport to you instead, but I'm going to run as fast as I can through all these people. Uh, no, they don't have to be dumb about it. They don't have to come straight towards you. You know, They can you know move out of the way and not make... Attacks of opportunity on them like crazy, but talk about inefficient for the wizard to have to be running <laughs> towards you. 
instead of casting a spell, you know, even if it was just, well, I can blast you with a disintegrate ray from where I stand, and it's so much better, but I'm so mad that you shot me, I want to run up there and punch you in the face. And then he runs up and he looks at you and he punches at you and you bat it aside because you're like, dude, you're a wizard. What are you doing? And then you rock him with, you know. You hit him with the butt of your gun and knock him out. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, oh, and by the way, there's no, there's no post roll. There's no, no saving save. throw. No save. Yeah, you're just, you're doing it. Take that, Karzu. Take that. <laughs> You know, any anyone who's... Morton Guinan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, it's the Whispering Wizard. We have two of these guys sitting 400 feet apart, and they just keep shooting him, and he has to run one way, and then the other guy shoots him, and he's got to run the other way. And they just... He, he never gets to cast any spells, because he's just getting mad at these two people, like, ping-pong back and forth. Like, Can we say leadership feet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I'll play the cleric, you play the wizard, and we can both have one of these guys riding around with and us. And they just... They just Play ping pong There's with a big bad guy. We just sit no back and eat popcorn and do uh, Absolutely, we could we could kill a level twenty six creature <laughs> with with just muskets and stuff because we have him running back and forth and he never gets to the other guy as long as you, you position it right where there's yeah, you know, far enough away. Him, yeah, that's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, um, and he's slowing to make sure he can't get very far. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what we're saying is, I mean, you would most likely, if you're going to take the musketeer guy anyway, lose your mount. Yeah. You might as well take, if you're going to take the musketeer, you might as well take the luring cavalier as you, well. You lose charge abilities. Uh, without your mount, are you charging as much? No, nope. Probably not as you're much. You're not losing any Yeah, uh, since most of those charge abilities only work when you're mounted. So, the flip yeah. side, you wouldn't necessarily have to take musketeer if you wanted luring cavalier. You could, Correct. You could do it with a bow. You could still do it with a musket. Um, but honestly, if, you know, as much as you're going to be on a mount... In fact, the mount would help a lot. It would and help a lot. When we were talking about that bouncing back and forth and stuff, uh, and you're wanting to get far apart on either side, what gives you the best mobility to get into place? A mount. But if right? you're using a gun anyway, yeah. um, could you not accomplish most, if not all, of those things with just a trained war horse? Absolutely. So Absolutely. I, if I was going to do it, I'd definitely go musketeer and lorry Ride is still a class skill. You sure. can take it, just have a trained war horse and... It would be just fine. So, yeah, it's it's definitely an option. If you're looking at being a, a gun-toting cavalier and being a musketeer-luring cavalier, pretty hot option. I, I'm actually really excited. I, I had no interest in doing the musketeer prior to reading the luring cavalier. And while I wouldn't want to do the luring cavalier on its own, the combination of those two and just the fact that the two archetypes work so well together. They almost It's almost like they should have been one archetype, but they said... Oh, that's too big. It's going to be an alternate class again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we need to break it up, and hopefully they'll be smart kind of enough to see, because they don't replace the same feature, so you can totally take well, them. Well, make sure we name them so they're right next to each other alphabetically. We'll call it the Luring Musketeer. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and that's one of the things I like about this, is whereas with, you know, say, like a fighter or barbarian, you take the archetype, well, obviously their archetype is for them. Um, I think it's important for us, you know, in this podcast to to mention the fact that because there's different orders, some of these archetypes go really well with the different orders. Like the sta- yeah. the standard bear that flip-flops uh, the mount, and his mount really isn't any worse as he just gets it later. Yeah. His standard ability is so much better. Right. Um, that, in my mind, synergizes perfectly with an Order of the Dragon. It Cav- does, absolutely. Cavalier. We talked um, about how great Banner is with Order of the Dragon. Right. Having that, that be that much better... And when you do get your mount at level 5, it's just as good as anyone else's mount. You just had to wait a bit longer for it. Yeah, it's 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 really good synergy with it. But they don't tell you that. So so we're, we're letting you know that that's that the standard bearer is great with, with the Order of the Dragon. Um, or, as we said earlier, the Gendarme is perfect with the Order of the Sword. 
parentheses Lance um, because yeah. it just makes those abilities even more stupid. It just yeah. makes them even more even better. And as we mentioned in an earlier pod in the dipping podcast, Gendarm is just an awesome you know dipping level. If you're gonna dip one level of Cavalier, Gendarm gets some power attack. Um, so now this is complete aside. Um, some of the archetypes talk about like here's other good choices you can make with this like. I'm going to sound stupid, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. You mean like the recommended feats and things? Yeah. I generally don't read those. Yeah, I mean, do you do you want them to put that in? So, I mean, we just talked about here how it doesn't tell you that Musketeer synergizes beautifully with Lure and Cavalier, which works great with this order. Do you want them to tell you that, or do you want to figure that out on your own? I mean, do, do you want that in the books? Has taken up a little space? I mean, not that it's a lot of space to take, like, three lines of space on it. Would you have added that in if you were them? I don't know. I'm really on the fence about it. On the one hand, it'd be great if they did tell people, because not everyone necessarily spends the time to figure out. it out. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, I love figuring those out, and and it's always a surprise later when I figure something else out, and it's a lot of fun. So I kind of like not having that as much. And like you said, a lot of times I don't even read them. So a little bit of role reversal here. We're kind of nerding on this luring musketeer, um, and based on the class abilities you're giving up, it can only be a cavalier, but. Uh, what do you think, Sean? What uh, what order would plug in with this really well? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to go Order of the Warrior. Uh, having the ability to make sure you one hit with, with that gun when you really need to, and then, I don't know, do max damage on something that has the highest crit range and, and have an automatic crit uh, confirmation <laughs> ability there with you know some of the biggest damage die that's going to multiply by that. Uh, you know, say you got a D12 times 4. It's, it's pretty hot. I can do 48 damage for... Yeah. No, really hot with that. <laughs> that would be really, really good to have Order of the Warrior with it. So, that's ah, fun. It's pretty awesome synergy. It's pretty fun. Um, now let's take the feet where we can shoot around corners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, one of the things I love about doing this podcast is beforehand we had some things we were really jonesing on with the Cavalier. We had some ideas that we'd been working on that we really, you know, Barry had his, uh, you know, Order of the Shield guy he's working on. I've been really digging on a skin samurai, you know, warrior who's Order of the Warrior. Uh, when we come out of this, we now walk out of this, we're like, I want to make this character, this character, this character, <laughs> this character, I want to play them all, and there's not enough time to play this, but I, I don't know about you guys. Hopefully some of that comes across when you guys listen to this. You get excited to play these as well, but I know I walk out of here and I'm excited to play various different types of Cavaliers that I didn't think of before. And to me, that's just a lot of fun. So are, are there other archetypes then that you wanted to mention? That well, are... the last one that comes to mind that I'd really like to, to touch on is the Beast Rider. And uh, it's cool for a couple of reasons. Um, for one, while well, riding things other than a horse, if you're, I mean, if you're a small guy, you can access like the wolf, but the large guy can't, even though the wolf would get large enough to, to eventually ride. Um, mechanically, that's not in there. So the beast rider gives access to other cool things for the cavalier. But the other reason I really like it is if you think about the mount as not just a mount, um, as more of an animal companion, it helps to debunk that. I don't like the Cavalier because they have it's to have a mount. Have to have a mount. It's all about you know riding around and charging things. And you you're know, you're a class that's really good at buffing your allies. Oh hey, you want an ally? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now you can have a full on monster that runs around with you. And sure, you can hop on and ride him too. Really, you know, helpful if he flies or something. But you can send this thing in, and it's yeah. kind of like 
kind of like a mini summoner or to like be a druid. Fair, if there was a problem bringing a horse into a dungeon, that problem may be increased by bringing a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the horse didn't fit, but I'm bringing As, Shorty with me. <laughs> or like you said earlier, and but if they walk with... out of that dungeon, chomp. <laughs> and by horse we need mean triceratops. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but I mean, yeah. if you can fit in the dungeon or you know what what not. And there's there's a multitude of creatures that are listed here. And I think you know I think that there's a good amount of DMs. I know that I was one of them who would have been inclined to be flexible on the mount anyway, just yeah. for the base cavalier class. Sure. Um, especially if they get to the level where hey, that wolf is big now. I'm flexible. Um, you can ride a camel too. <laughs> <laughs> but this, I think, really encourages people to be flexible, dig in, make sure that it's level appropriate with the hit dice and so forth, um, to really access those different monstrous mounts, and it's just it's just all kinds of cool. This also, I think, synergizes well if you want to have a Cavalier, uh, and, and this can only be done with the Cavalier because you give up uh, a, a Cavalier ability that the Samurai doesn't have. Um, if you want to, to be a bow guy, yeah. I mean, here's, you've got your, you know, your mount can run out there and tank for you, and you can shoot him from far away. And in fact, these are monsters even better at that. So you're generally going to have better attacks and higher damage output than, say, your horse yeah. is going to do. Yeah. I do like, just reading over this list real quick, that the riding dog and boar are on the same level as the triceratops. Shh. <laughs> 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 I want the DM to think that the reason oh, I have a halfling is because I'm going to have a medium creature. I got you. I got you. <laughs> no halfling on gargantuan creature. That's that's the it's, point. No, no reason you can't do it. It's so no. It, it is fun, and it does open that many more chances of, of how you want to build your character, uh, and, and really bringing out any sort of idea you can get. You know, as a role playing idea, and then build that character the way you want so that is effective yet at the same time plays out the role you wanted to play. So. Oh, it's just good stuff. It awesome. is good stuff. Awesome picture on that page, too. I love the uh, the halfling emissary there. Yeah, yeah. and I, I actually, I'm going to bring up the emissary, because I like it. I'm, I'm kind of Jones, and recently I, re- uh, recently I read the run feat, and it's pretty darn hot. Uh, you know, you don't, you when you run, you're not losing your AC bonus from decks. And you can position yourself really well. So I'm actually digging on it for a tank-type character. This particular archetype takes that to the next level, where you're you're probably not wearing the heavy armor, but you're going nutso in medium armor. You're, you're not affected by the reduced speed, plus you're, you're running. So, I mean, you're, you got, even as a, a halfling, you got 80-foot movement you can do in that first round to position yourself to then set up a defensive barrier so you can tank for your friends and... Uh, I don't know that I'd take the archetype itself, but I, I do like the idea of that additional stuff. And so if I was making one of these other tanks we talked about, the run feet really really sticks in because it does that. The emissary, I think, is a good dip. Um, if you want that, yeah, it definitely could be. If you want that level one ability real quick, or you know maybe go a little bit into it, it's got some good front loaded abilities. So it's a decent dip. I'd probably still default to the gendarme, but. It's a decent dip, and it's got an awesome, got awesome art. So that is then our our episode on the Cavalier. I, man, I'm walking out of this wanting to play several of the different Cavalier builds. I, I, we talked about that. I wasn't what I talked about to begin with. 
I'm really think it'd be fun to have a party of all Cavaliers now. Absolutely. You know, just a couple support guys here and there, but just, yeah, I, I love our idea. Ah, oh, man, so much of this is good. I want to play more. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope you guys are walking out of this. Um, we didn't go through every single ability the Cavalier has piece by piece. We didn't talk about at this level, you get this, at that level, you get that. I'm, I'm trusting you guys have the book. You can see those. Hopefully this guy gives you some context as to what those abilities can do and the different builds you can make and how versatile this class is. So I'm loving the Cavalier. Hopefully you walk away with a whole new respect for it. If, if you weren't already loving it, and if you did already love it, you just love it that much more like we do. And I, I guess, Barry, is there anything else you want to talk about the Cavalier in closing then? Um, no, it's just, it's a great class. Like I said, it's one of my, it's just one of my favorite classes right now. I just dig it and I love the versatility of it. Um, and I guess in general, this is a, I guess a welcome to our reviews of the different classes. Um, so I guess this will serve for a good template. Uh, yeah, and, and I guess if you have feedback on that, if you if you yeah. think this format worked well, if you think it didn't work well, come talk to us on the forums. Those who asked for it, this is what you're getting. This is how this is how we review classes. This yeah, unless we get a bunch of feedback saying no, that sucks. We wanted something different. <laughs> uh, you know, and we we try to listen. Like I say, archetypes now. That's something. <laughs> um, Double hack, but. Double yeah, um, yeah, but if, if you do want to come give us feedback, please do so. Uh, you can comment on our forums at www.35privatesanctuary.com where you'll find a bunch of other great podcasts as well. And we'd love to see you there. Barry will lurk and read your posts. I may even respond. Talk to you later, guys. Thanks for listening. The Gamer's Guide to Pathfinder. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>